the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. Getting ready for retirement. What do you need to know? I think there's two phases in your life. Wealth accumulation, age 20 to 60, roughly. And then wealth management, age 60 to 100, roughly. Some of those years would be a little bit off there, but you get the idea. Getting ready for retirement. 20 years ago, 30 years ago, it was just a a faint thought at the end of the road in my head. Now it's getting closer and closer to that finish line. And heck, I could be done in two years. I could be done in 10 years. I may work in retirement, but am I ready for retirement? Let's talk about the steps to get to readiness for retirement with CFP Chad Burton from EP Wealth. He's regional director as well as a certified financial planner and long-term friend of the show. Chad, we have a big event coming up February 15th in Menlo Park. People can learn more about it at chadburton.com. It's a Thursday, 6.30 to 8.30. It's called the Seven Steps for Retirement Readiness. Let's talk about those steps Five years out, kind of roughly where I am, potentially, again, I may work longer, but potentially I need to be financially ready for it just in case. Yeah. And I could, I, for me, I could see myself delegating more, taking more time off, but staying in the business because I love it so much. And also right. I have a couple of kids coming up into it. So, and then my grandfather worked, you know, well into his eighties because he really liked his clients a lot. So it, it, it's, you know, it's retirement is different for everybody. If you talk to a you know, 30 year old or younger, the term retirement means sitting on a rocking chair and a, you know, staring out at a field. So it's a different, you got to term, use the term financial freedom or, you know, uh, other, other, in, uh, other terms to describe the ability to live off of your assets and not have to work, I guess you could say. But, you know, five years out is, as we've talked about before, really important to dial in your expenses. And part of this is, you know, thinking about retirement and possibly practicing retirement. Okay. Um, I was talking to my sister the other day, and she's got like 70 vacation days banked as a teacher. And I'm like, okay, you got you to gotta take some time off, right? Yeah. She actually is. Um, you got to figure out what you're going to do because there's this big rush of excitement. Uh, it's kind of like a mix of excitement and relief at the same time. And you enjoy that time off that relaxation, your phone, not blowing up. But then all of a sudden you kind of miss it, right? Especially if your social life and your kind of self-worth is involved in your job. It's, it's, it's a tougher transition. It's uh, like, I'm going to be lost in retirement, Chad. Yeah. It, well, I mean, you've got to, let me, You've got to have purpose, right? It's it's right. that Maslow's triangle that we talked about before, where you you have to continue to try to build something, learn something, have a purpose in life, and that's really difficult for a lot of people. Um, money makes it easier, but it's not everything. Because I've seen a lot of people save a heck of a lot of money, but they just can't spend it. They can't get over it. Um, and for me, you know, if I've got plenty of money and I'm helping charities, and you know. I'm for sure, I'm going to fly first class. <laughs> you know what I mean? But some people I know are 
way more wealthy than I am that won't even do that. Right. So it's like, they, they kind of like don't let themselves deserve the retirement, I guess you could say. So there's, there's a lot of search that goes into this. And, and once you do, that's when you can really dial in your expenses. Um, and there's different phases in life. I've got clients that spent, you know, the first 12 years of retirement doing a ton of doctors without borders work. Um, and then you get to a certain point where, you know, they, they're not really able to travel to Haiti anymore and, and do that kind of work. And so there's different phases that you have to plan for, but you've got to picture it. Say, okay, what are those expenses that are going to be there forever? You know, food on the table and utilities and cell phone bills. And then the, the random ones, things to enjoy life, gifts, weddings, new cars, remodeling your home or maintaining your home every so often. So that's really important to dial in those expenses. And once that that's really the only way that you can finally get to the point where, all right, I, I, I know how much I'm going to withdraw mm-hmm. out of my accounts above, you know, to supplement my social security. Maybe I got a pension, maybe some real estate income. And that's when you can finally create a withdrawal strategy for taxes. Okay. Um, and then and that's actually... You say that very slyly, but that's actually a very difficult thing to do. Managing your dividend taxes with your capital gains taxes, with your social security taxes, with your W-2 tax. Like, it's it's very complicated to me. I don't know if, you, if that's lost on you or not. Oh, it's not. It's kind of why I love the business because every year is different for okay. people because there's different tax events, too. So here's the issue. There's a lot of people that complain about their taxes. And this is the kind of season that we're going to, you know, go into and, and people go in, they'll get their tax return done. And, and then the, the enrolled agent of the CPA said, you should have, would have, could have. Well, that, that's because you're, you're going in for advice. The year's already over. 2023 is gone, right? Yep. So what you should have been doing is a bunch of tax planning in November to make sure you're maximizing different tax strategies um, where we find that if you would have done certain things, you could have sold some concentrated stock at a very lower zero rate. You could have moved money from an IRA to a Roth at 12%. But if you wait until you're 73, that same withdrawal would be taxed at, you know, 22 percent or beyond. So it, it's a yearly planning issue is pre year end tax planning that you, you have to really focus on. We've got about two minutes. Um, Knowing when to take Social Security, something I do is I check my Social Security benefits once a year and I check my spouses. Um, mm-hmm. What do we need to know about when to take it in your mind? Is it because I make more money than my spouse, I take it later in life and she takes hers earlier? Is it that simple or is there some math to it? Um, there, There's some math to it, but there's also some longevity to it. There's also... Um, you may have the larger Social Security check, Rob, but... Yeah. And you may say, well, I'm not going to live that long. You know, maybe health issues, <laughs> you know, in your mind, Thanks, maybe Jack. you're not going to live past age 80 or something like that. But it, but maybe your wife will. And yeah. so it might be even more important for the person that's not healthy to delay their Social Security longer. Because the important thing to note, there's a lot of changes in Social Security in the last several years. A lot less tricks that are out there. Right. But th- for a married couple, the important thing to note is that when... The first person passes away, the survivor keeps the larger check. So it's really important to max out the person that has the largest benefit, even if they're not going to potentially live as long. What if I die um, at 69 before I turn 70? Can she take that 70-year-old benefit of Social Security? Yeah, there's a, uh, several different you know spousal options where they can... Okay have a, uh, a widow's benefit and then switch to their own benefit at a certain age or yours. I mean, there's so many different options cool. when it comes to that. 
Um, so that is definitely something to note. And then you know, we're probably running out of time on this segment, but five years out, I mean, we really got to go deal with fixing your asset allocation. And that could be focusing on your contributions where you're adding your money. Cause most people, that's when they're really doing their catch up contributions. Yep. Uh, we could talk about how you're really going to deal with single stock risk starting five years out. If you have a ton of stock in one company, um, and then, yeah. And then obviously we, we hit on the take social security, but that's all, those are all very important things to really start to have a plan in place at least five years out from the date you think you're going to be able to retire. So on this episode, we're going to go over what to do five years out, what to do six to 12 months out. We're going to talk about who retires first. We're going to talk about rollovers and much, much more. All of this will be talked about in longer form at the Stanford Park Hotel in Menlo Park Thursday. That's coming up February 15th, 630 to 830. Probably last time we do this event, then we're going to retire it for a while. The seven steps for retirement readiness with CFP Chad Burton. I'll be there a few hours early setting up and talking stocks and financial planning for those who want to show up. It's Menlo Park, California, Thursday, February 15th. Sign up at Chad Burton. Dot com or robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black. Think you're in good shape for retirement? Find out how you're really doing with the seven steps for retirement readiness. Join Rob Black and CFP Chad Burton of EP Wealth Advisors Thursday, February 15th in Menlo Park for a live event. Chad will walk you through these seven steps to find out whether you are really ready for the retirement you want. Rob will provide timely commentary and Chad will share specific strategies for taxes, income, long-term care, safe money, investing, life goals, and more. If you you have at least 500,000 in investable assets and want to gauge where your retirement stands, pass on your estate and create tax efficiencies. This event is for you. The seven steps for retirement readiness Thursday, February 15th, 630 to 830 p.m. at the Stanford Park Hotel in Menlo Park. Space is limited. So sign up today at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Can you pass all seven tests? Sign up online today at robblackshow.com. So there's always something to talk about. Average credit card balance has jumped 10% to a new all-time high of $6,360. $6,360 per person as more consumers are falling behind on average. Credit card delinquency surged 50% in 2023, the highest level since 2009. There's some bad things coming to our economy. Are you ready for it? Um, you know, the idea of a diversified portfolio versus a growth portfolio or a blended portfolio, where do you stand? I'm more on the blended side with some exceptions, but not many. Anyhow, and anyway, um, big event coming up on the 15th of this month, the day after Valentine's Day. Obviously appropriate because money is a cause of problems for many relationships. Start off right. Come to the event at the Stanford Park Hotel in Menlo Park, 630 to 830. I'll be there probably around 430, setting up, having a little meal kind of thing before the event. Um, as will other CFPs and CFP Chad Burton. You can sign up for the event, the seven steps for retirement readiness with CFP Chad Burton myself. You can sign up at chadburton.com or robblackshow.com. Probably last time we're going to do this one this year. And next year, I think fewer live seminars as well. So anyhow, um, Chad, we were talking about five years out, but also I tease that we're going to be talking about six months out for kind of a report card on where you are. Did we finish up the five years out or did we want to chit chat a little bit more about fixed asset allocations and um, some of the things you do when stocks are rising when you're still five years out? 
Yeah, it's well, okay. So when we get to market highs, like we are, we're seeing the S and P 500, yeah. you know, all time highs. Um, nice. Right. You, yeah, it's really nice, of course. And then there's a lot of stuff now there's a lot of stocks, you know, magnificent seven traded at very high P ratios. It's not like 1999 because these are real revenues, real profits. Um, but there are certain things that are, you know, beyond typical metrics. Mm-hmm. And so if you're ready to retire in about five years, you should really be focusing on reduced risk. Um, because the math is different when you're pulling money out of a portfolio versus putting money into it. Um, at the event, I go over a, a, a slide that shows two investment choices. One has a lower average annual rate of return versus investment B, which has a higher average annual rate of return. But investment A, which has a lower average annual return, ends up in more money at the end of 10 years. And it's because of smoothing out returns, less volatility. Um, and that's really important as you're drawing money out, because if something drops and you pull money out, then mathematically, it's much harder to recover than if you're putting money in when you're funding your 401k. I mean, it is, I, the, I, I fell in love with this business. I was majoring in engineering and math at Portland State, and yeah, it's totally switched directions because I like this business so much better, but it's still math, right? Understanding portfolios, there's a lot of math involved. Yeah. Um, and volatility, you want to smooth that out because risk tolerance drops like a rock in retirement. Um, oftentimes the most aggressive people that are going really aggressive in their 401ks because they're high income earners and things like that. Once, once they retire and they move into that phase of living off of the assets that they've saved, they go from being a big earner at work and just plugging money away, knowing with that idea that everything's going to work out. Okay to watching it much more often, knowing that they're not putting money in. And it's a, it's a big change. It's something that you have to kind of finesse. Um, and it's easier to finesse your portfolio from aggressive to more conservative over a five or a 10 year period than it is a drastic change at the wrong time. So for example, um, you know, I, I, I remember telling this story, Rob, back in, um, in the year 2000, when we were, okay. you know, started doing radio together. I don't know if you remember that, that uh, teacher in Oregon um, that <laughs> she came in and it, she was ready to retire at a really early age because in Oregon, they have this PERS system where it's yeah. part lifetime annuity, and but you could also back then roll half of it out. Okay. And so she had done that and she invested in all the tech stocks and, wow. you know, she on paper was wealthy. So she goes in and retires and I'm trying to get her to, you know, diversify her portfolio into a balanced portfolio, but she was, she would not let go of the tech stocks. She yep. wouldn't. Well, she was going back to work as a teacher oh, two no. years later. You know, I, uh, I can give my personal example, Chad, is I own yeah. shares of Google, doesn't pay a dividend. I own shares of Meta, it does pay a dividend. Like I'm now starting to think, hmm. Um, I own Uber, it doesn't pay a dividend, but its stock is growing. And I'm like, when do I, when do I move it to a dividend kind of stock or do I wait for it to grow into one? So mm-hmm. I, I'm telling you, it's something that I'm dealing with. It's something that teacher dealt with. Um, and I don't want to be in that 2000, 2002 scenario where all tech stocks go lower. Yeah. Well, and it's just an example, like I gave the other day on radio, right? If you, if you look at investing in a value ETF versus a growth ETF yep. with all the magnificent seven, um, value dropped way less in 2022. It went up way less in 2023, but over that two year window, it's ahead of growth. It probably paid a dividend along the way. 
It did. So that's important when you're, you know, needing to draw money out because those that's one of the things that we talk about is turning on the tap, right? When you when you're in retirement and you have these taxable accounts, so you you invest it outside of your IRA, your 401k, maybe it's even just the S&P 500 index fund through Vanguard or something like that. Um if you if you need income and you're spending your cash, right? The first thing that you would want to do is realize that the S&P 500 has a dividend close to 2%. Um, so that those dividends, you know, most companies pay a quarterly dividend and those dividends are going to come in good markets or bad markets. So one of the first things you do is stop the dividend reinvestment and, and take that calculated amount and have it sent to your checking account if you need the money. Um, and that way you can have an idea. We run a report for clients that shows every single account they own. It's called a income by security report. And it shows here's each account that you have. Here's every single investment inside that account. And when each stock bond mutual fund or ETF pays a dividend and just seeing that income on paper helps you get through a bad market, right? Yep. It helps you realize that, oh, I've got dividends and interest coming in, even though the market might be down 30% of the time, it's way up the other 70, but I've got this income and I've got this cash in the bank. I got social security. I got some real estate income. I'm going to be just fine through these market corrections as long as I don't sell or panic. Yeah, that's an important report. Um, CFP Brad, who works with you, um, run that report for me because sometimes I just see the dollar just going up and dollars going down. I don't see the dollars being dividend into the account, so to speak, and buying back more shares. And that's going to be an important one for me. You're going to be bringing CFPs uh, Ryan, Julie, and Dan to the event Thursday, 6.30 to 8.30 in Menlo Park at the Stanford Park Hotel, 6.30 to 8.30, the seven steps of retirement readiness. Ask a CFP a question, something you should do that night. Sign up at chadburton.com. That's chadburton.com or robblackshow.com. You are listening to the Rob Black Show podcast. For more information on EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. So I got a call from my older brother, my good brother, the brother who was kind of like my father when my father was kind of checked out. Um, and he was asking me about fixed income annuities, and he's probably what, what are we thinking of? Uh, 50, 63 years old now. Um, he's had a successful law career, legal career judge, all that good stuff. And he was asking me about product. And I was like, you know, I really can't just tell you my opinion on fixed income annuities at this point in time until I see your whole financial picture. I really, it's really irresponsible to say, yes, do that. Um, I said, I'll send you some questions and then I'll set up an appointment for you to have your, you know, $2 million portfolio reviewed by a CFP. Uh, that's a service that CFP Chad Burton and his team offer. It's complimentary. It's, it ends with a 30-minute Zoom call or in-person meeting. You'll get feedback. I would take him up on it. Um, you can learn more by contacting him or I at, I'm at Rob Black Show. He's at chadburton.com. But even my own brother, smart legal guy, he's made some mistakes. Um, and as he's approaching retirement, he's trying to get advice and one-sentence answers from the internet his brother, not the smartest thing to do. So Chad, he is six months out from retirement and he's not panicked. I'm five plus years away from retirement. I'm starting to get panicked. A um, lot to think about. Um, you want to talk about the six months before retirement, what we need to do as a checklist, uh, as a precursor to our event coming up on February 15th at the Stanford uh, Park Hotel in Mendel Park. Yeah. I mean, well, first of all, 
you know, when do you give notice, right? I mean, first of all, you have to make sure you have a very detailed financial plan. You're very comfortable with your cash flow projections. You're aware of how t- your tax return is going to work, which accounts you're going to draw from first. So it, it assumes your financial plan is really dialed in and you understand it. Um, and if that's the case, you're six to 12 months out. I mean, one of the things you need to notice, think about is how you're going to give notice, right? Yep. Especially if you're in a key position, how long does, is it going to take to replace you? Um, so that you can leave on good terms. And who knows, maybe you get an offer to go part-time or a long sabbatical, you know, that those types of things can happen. That might give you a, a chance to, to test the waters of retirement, you know? Yeah. So that's an option out there. Um, some companies, I remember back in the day, Intel used to offer a really long sabbatical. I don't know what they're doing now, but I've got a client that's going to take a month long sabbatical next week from a tech company. Um, and so that's happening more and more. Um, and so you've, you've got to figure out how you're going to get that notice. Um, you always want, you know, at least six months cash ready in the bank. Cause it's going to take a while to potentially get your 401k rolled over and things like that, which we can talk a little, little bit later in the show. Um, you know, plan for that celebration, that big vacation, that, that's, uh, that's something that people, you know, typically want to do. And the other thing is, is that especially six months out, where are you going to get your health care from? That's right? a good one. That's a good question yeah. to ask. So if you're under 65, yeah. a typical thing is people go on COBRA for a while and then they flip over to the covered California plan. And there's some careful tax planning that should be done for those that are under 65 um, on the, the you know covered California plans. Because if you can create your tax situation okay, you can actually get a lot of premium tax credits for that. Um, too complicated to talk about on radio. And it's kind of this year and next year and who knows after that. Over 65, though, um, you want to start the process for signing up for Medicare mm-hmm. three months in advance. Um, we use a service for our clients. We use, Our planning department used to do this internally and just became too much. So we use a service called Chapter for our clients that we send them to three months before they're, before they're going to turn 65 where they fill out. Here's, here's all the doctors you use. Here's your prescription drugs. And, you know, we have them set an appointment with chapter and they go through all of the supplemental insurance plans. Because if you're 65, you go on Medicare, you pay for Medicare part B, but you have to have supplemental insurance and other things like that. So that that's, that's a process. And it's a um, huge and, value add in working with a financial planner because I don't want to do any of that. The Medicare planning, none of it. And it, I feel like if awful. you make the wrong decision, <laughs> you're not screwed, but you're, you're down to the, the Creek. If you make the wrong decision, oh, yeah, you're, you're kind of, yeah, you're, you're stuck with it until the next open enrollment a lot of times. Um, and so for a lot of people that have various health issues, you know, people really appreciate that service for sure. Uh, so the healthcare is, is that one. <clears throat> Another big one too recently is, okay, what's your plan for stock options that have, I, that have vested, right? Yeah. Because yeah. that's what, you know, a lot of companies do that. They, they continue to do these grants and people, see if they, you know, stick out another year, that could be a couple hundred grand invested options. But if you have, um, you know, non-qualified or incentive stock options, typically when you separate from service, you have either 30 to 90 days to what are you going to do? Are you going to exercise and hold, or are you going to exercise and just sell right away? You know, what are you going to do with that chunk of change? And then finally, where are you going to roll your 401k? We have the account set up and ready to go. And we can talk about that full process too. Let's talk about that because I see a lot of people roll it into an annuity, roll it into um, a commission or a fee-based product, which man, that, that must be like a payday for the person who's selling the product, right? 
Um, oh my gosh, it's this whole annuity thing is an epidemic. And I mean, I am here today because of that whole business, right? Yeah. I, I got into the business at 19. Your mom and dad um, fell in love with 401k yeah, transfers yeah, and they, they made little Chad. They met opening an IRA. No. <laughs> so my grandfather sold annuities and mutual funds at the bank for, yeah. for years. And, um, in, when you know he left and back then you know that was a very normal process that was still in the days of you call your broker and it you know we'd have to charge two percent for somebody to buy a stock um back then annuities were really attractive because capital gains taxes were 27 percent. so investing in an annuity um you know was a lot of tax deferral like a, a huge annual savings well then capital gains came down and you know index funds came about and, and long story short, I, I looked at the industry and because I was in it major in engineering and math, I was constantly running spreadsheets and I'm like, I don't like 98% of these products. And people were coming into folks for advice, but then they were being sold products. So long story short, Rob, is 98% of annuities are garbage. There's 2% of them out there that, are, that could be really good and really useful for specific purposes. Um, but this is such an epidemic that the Department of Labor, um, all these government entities are trying to pass laws to stop, um, in many cases, 401ks to be rolled over into annuities. So if somebody is, if you leave one job for another and somebody's pitching you, especially if you're 40 or 50 years old, to roll your old 401k into an annuity that has some sort of a guarantee tied towards it, it's garbage. It's not a way to create wealth in any way, shape or form. And now that bond rates are where they are, and most of the time, I would much prefer a laddered bond portfolio than than a, an annuity. Um, now, there are certain times where a shorter term five-year fixed or five-year indexed annuity can be really attractive for money that you know you're going to start spending in five years. Um, but it, you have to be very, very careful and get that advice from somebody that's not earning a commission on it. There's actually some fee-only annuities, fixed, indexed, and variable out there now because the annuity industry is starting to have to change because of newer laws and just a smarter population realizing that I don't want to work with an insurance agent that earns commission for financial planning advice. I want to work with somebody that's a fiduciary that, that has to put my interest first and give me all the options and then help me decide. Um, so I got a bit of a tangent on that one, but uh, 401ks, it's really, really important to to look at all the the options. And a lot of times when you're younger and you're switching jobs, especially if you're trying to save well beyond what you can put into a 401k, you know, 30,000 plus a year, it's it's typically important to, if the plan at the new company that you've gone to is a good plan, low costs, index fund options, really good choices that you roll your old 401k into the new one. Um, at retirement, you typically want to go, you know, roll it into an IRA. So you have ultimate flexibility though. And working with the CFP, this is what I like about it is, you know, the good annuities versus the bad. I only know the ones that are marketed to me, whether it's on the internet or, you know, uh, newsletters and things like that for, uh, via email. That's, that's tricky, Chad. Again, I'm talking hey. from the consumer side and not from the financial planner side. It's kind of tricky on a lot of levels. I mean, honestly, Rob, with with the world of CFPs out there, and there, we have well over eighty certified financial planner practitioners at at EP Wealth, and it's switched so much that people are almost now trained to hate annuities, yeah. right? Okay, and I, that's fair. I, I have it. to I have to often educate people because I came out of that business on no, there's some circumstances when they can be good, 
And if somebody has one, you don't just cash it in and sell. You can do, um, you know how real estate, you can do a 1031 exchange from one rental property to another without paying taxes. I do. With annuities, you can do, if it's, if it's an IRA, you can transfer it any IRA you want to. But if it's, if it's a non-qualified annuity, you can do a 1035 exchange into a better one. Same thing with life insurance. If you have an old life insurance policy, let's say, you know, somebody has a whole life policy that they bought when they were 30, they're 65 years old, it's got a bunch of cash in it and they don't even need the insurance anymore. Well, there's a way you could 1035 exchange that into a much better life insurance policy where you could use the death benefit while you're alive to pay for long-term care expenses, right? And so if you're trained as a CFP to hate annuities and hate life insurance, you don't know about those options and you're kind of not being a fiduciary in my opinion. So I have these conversations internally quite a bit too. Anything else that we need to hit? We've got about a minute and a half left in the segment. I, I really think we should talk about, okay, how do I roll? What are the steps in rolling oh, over right. a 401k? Because okay. it can be intimidating. And oftentimes you need three different accounts to open to roll over one 401k. Why is that? You got pre-tax dollars, you got Roth dollars, and you potentially have company stock that has some tax advantages. We'll talk about that and much, much more when we come back. Seven Steps for Retirement Readiness coming up. Stanford Park Hotel in Menlo Park, California. Great central location right off of El Camino Real. Easy parking Thursday, February 15th, 2024. Free. It's ideal if you've got $500,000 or more investable assets and you're 6 to 12, sometimes even five years away from retirement or even in retirement. You will learn something, I promise you. Um, seven steps, retirement readiness, Stanford park hotel, Menlo park, California, sign up at chadburton.com. That's chadburton.com taxes, income, long-term care, and much, much more. I'm Rob Black. What's the best way to choose a financial advisor? Download our guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com powered by EP wealth. Talking with CFP Chad Burton about the seven steps for retirement readiness. And one of them is leaving your job. And at your job, one of the most amazing things you have is that ability to accumulate wealth in a 401k, a 403b, or 457. This is something we're going to be talking about at the event coming up on the 15th of February. Uh, this is just one of the seven big components. I promise you'll learn something. It's the last time we're doing this event, um, probably of 2024. You can sign up at chadburton.com or robblackshow.com. Of course, CFP Chad Burton is here today. Chad, let's talk a little bit about that process of, of getting the 401k away from the company you just spent years working with and accumulating wealth. Uh, what do we need to know about the process? Well, so the first thing you do, are you, know, are you doing it on your own or you're getting advice? So most, um, most of the time when you're working with a fee-only certified financial planner practitioner that's you know, fiduciary. So typically accounts are set up for us. We, we work with Fidelity or Schwab, right? Mm -hmm. That's where our clients have their accounts. We're just signed on to be able to trade them. So that's the important thing to note is that you're, even if you're working with a financial advisor, they're typically using a custodian. So you have to set up an IRA. So you've got to choose, you know, where are you going to go for advice? And that advisor is typically going to use a Fidelity or Schwab. So let's say, your current 401k is at Fidelity, well, I'll probably just open up that IRA account at Fidelity. So the, the process is typically, first of all, figure out what's inside your 401k. Most people have put in all of their money pre-tax 
And if that's the case, then everything inside the 401k could be just non-taxed. It could be all pre-tax money that it all goes into an IRA. Now, some people have that they started contributing to the Roth inside their 401k. In that situation, you're going to first need to open up a regular IRA account to receive the pre-tax money and a Roth IRA account to receive the Roth money. But we're not even done yet. So the first, the, the other thing that we do is when we call the existing 401k number company, or may, sometimes we can clearly see it on the statement, we all, we have to ask, are there any after-tax dollars in this account? And that sounds kind of weird, but um, it, it's, it's, it was common, you know, years ago for people to put in the pre-tax amount and then more money went in and it, and it but went into an after-tax account. So it kind of creates this basis in an IRA or in a 401k where it might be worthwhile before you do a rollover to say, do I have any after-tax money in the 401k? Okay, if I do, I want to convert that from my the after-tax bucket to the Roth bucket. Um, and so that might be a step that you need to take. Another question that you need to ask is, do I have any company stock in my 401k? Do, let's say I have a 401k at Lockheed Martin, and I've got a bunch of company stock that was given to me as uh, you know match, for example, or I purchased it. Um, there might be an option where you can take that company stock out of the 401k and put it into a normal brokerage account at Fidelity or Schwab, for example. Now, what's interesting about that is that if you have company stock, there is a amount that you paid for it. That's the basis. So let's, let's say you put in, you know, you paid $20,000 for $100,000 worth of stock. When you take that stock out of the 401k at retirement and put it in a normal account, you'll pay taxes on the basis of 20k you won't pay anything on the gain of 80K until you start to sell. And when you do, that's a capital gains bracket, which is can be much lower. So there's a lot of planning that goes involved into it. And is that a good option to take that company stock out? That's called net unrealized appreciation. So Rob, sometimes people need to open uh, a regular IRA for the pre-tax money, a Roth IRA for the post-tax money, and a normal brokerage account to receive potentially the company's stock. Now, once you have all those opened and you, the rollovers are typically done over the phone or you fill out a form to get that done. And so- um, The nice thing is when you call like a Fidelity or Vanguard, they can help you with the forms, a lot of it, you know, because I'm not a form guy, if that makes sense. Yeah. And most of them these days are done over the phone. So we'll just set up a conference call with a client. We'll call into the 800 number. We'll get okay. somebody on the phone. Um, ask these questions and and then we might need to call back after they, if they, if we have to do that, you know, after tax to Roth conversion, we have to wait a couple of days, uh, and then call back. And you have to, when you call back to do the rollover, you have to have the, your IRA account number ready, your Roth IRA account number ready, everything ready to go. Now, what'll happen is they will send the check to you. Now, sometimes if it's a Fidelity 401k and you've opened a Fidelity IRA or Fidelity Roth, they'll just do it internally, which is really nice. Okay. Other times, um, you know, if it's, you know, a 401k at somewhere else, and you got to put it into a Fidelity or Schwab IRA, they're going to mail the checks to you, but it's going to be made out to your IRA or your Roth IRA. It's, you don't have to sign anything. It's already made out to your retirement account. But when you do this, I always tell people, go ahead and pay the extra 25 bucks for them to overnight the check to you. Because they'll, if you call today, they'll make the transaction by the end of the day. The checks takes a couple of days to be processed. You don't want it sitting in the U.S. regular mail for five to seven days, or maybe it doesn't even get delivered. You want to pay the $25 fee to have it overnighted to your home. 
And then you turn around and that gets, um, you know, mailed in, or sometimes the advisor has a check scanning capability, but usually it just gets, you know, overnighted right into Fidelity or Schwab into that IRA account, and then you have to invest it. Um, so it's a bit of a process, but um, it's usually a good idea to roll from that 401k to an IRA retirement, because if you want to do, be able to do random withdrawals, if you want to be able to gift to charity out of the IRA after age 70 and a half, if you don't want to deal with blackout periods when the company decides to change 401k providers where nobody can access anything for 30 to 90 days, you want that in an IRA. Um, and you want to talk about consolidation of accounts too? Sure. You have time for that? Yeah. Well, that's one of my favorite things to do. You know, the other day I had somebody come in and they were leaving their job. They had a 401k. They had an IRA at Vanguard. They had an IRA at T. Rowe Price. IRAs um, at a couple of different places. And in the past, you have to keep them separate. But you know, you could actually consolidate all of those different accounts, even transfer the holdings in kind, if you like the funds and the stocks and everything else, into one IRA at either Fidelity or Schwab and have it all in one place. And so consolidation is really nice, too, in retirement so that you just could keep an eye on everything a little bit better. Why didn't I do a consolidation before retirement though? Oh yeah, you should. I mean, it's, it's, okay. it's, it, but a lot of times people just wait. See how Chad will answer your questions. If you have questions about retirement readiness. This is the event for you. It's the seven steps retirement readiness, 630 to 830 Stanford Park Hotel, Menlo Park, California, taxes, income, long-term care, safe money, investing, life goals, health and wellness. Chad's got a great website. We can sign up for his podcast. You can sign up for the event, chadburton.com. That's chadburton.com. Think you're in good shape for retirement? Find out how you're really doing with the seven steps for retirement readiness. Join Rob Black and CFP Chad Burton of EP Wealth Advisors Thursday, February 15th in Menlo Park for a live event. Chad will walk you through these seven steps to find out whether you are really ready for the retirement you want. Rob will provide timely commentary and Chad will share specific strategies for taxes, income, long-term care, safe money, investing, life goals, and more. If you have at least 500000 in investable assets and want to gauge where your retirement stands, pass on your estate, and create tax efficiencies, this event is for you. The 7 Steps for Retirement Readiness, Thursday, February 15th, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. at the Stanford Park Hotel in Menlo Park. Space is limited, so sign up today at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Can you pass all seven tests? Sign up online today at robblackshow.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.